0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Tuesday's episode of All Canadian. Wade Zanketa, Connor O'Neill, week two of the CFL season just wrapped up. Man, we have, uh, we've got a lot to talk about this week. There was some stuff that we loved, some stuff that we hated, absolutely four things that we hated uh, in one game. We'll get there, we'll get there, but I think you know what we're talking about. Uh, Wade, what's going on, dude? How was your weekend? How did you enjoy the games? How are you?
1: I did not enjoy having to frantically change my fantasy roster minutes before kickoff. Luckily, I got it in. I know some people that uh, were not so fortunate. But my replacement wasn't much better because I stopped <laughs> in McLeod Bethel-Thompson uh, in hopes of trying to keep my roster as pretty similar as I had. Um, unfortunately, I had to drop Brian Burnham as well. So that one stung a little bit. He got a big total of yards. Uh, but I'm good. I'm good. I know you're excited. You got to see Marc-Antoine Dacroix. A little bit. A little bit. He did get subbed in late. Uh, I think there were some injury issues with the field half for Montreal, but didn't seem too major. So hopefully uh, we know that he is the first DB off the bench. We know that he can play all the spots. I mean, that's just...
0: That's why he's the first DB off the bench. Nice little six-man action for Marc-Antoine Dacroix.
1: As we were talking about it, Connor uh, mentioned Josh Haggerty, and I kind of coined this term. I said, if you're a DB... With long hair, Connor will find you in the CFL draft. I think it is pretty fair to say. You had Marc Antoine DeCoire first year. Second year of the draft, you had Josh Haggerty. Some DBs got to grow their hair out for you so that you can uh, jump on board.
0: I'm sure we'll see one. We've We're going to have to see one.
1: And if any DBs that are entering the CFL draft are listening, uh, start growing your hair. It will help you in Connor's books for his draft rankings. I'm just saying it does, it does help to have long hair.
0: I mean, I do love Aaron Grimes as well. So, I mean, it's a bit of a trend, a bit of a pattern, I guess.
1: But we will get on to our news and notes. Uh, first off, I'd like to mention our quick sponsor, Sada City Beer. Sada City Brewing Company offers brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door. Visit their website at sodacity.com to shop their wide variety of brews and to learn more. This August, CFP listeners have our exclusive promo code, but this time it's CFL, all caps, for the kickoff of the season. Go ahead and use that on your next purchase for free shipping over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only. Must be of legal drinking age. And as we get back
0: onto the field, get back to playing football, the Canadian Football Perspective Podcast Network is brought to you by our friends at Fox 40 helping you return to play safely with their latest innovations, the Fox 40 Tri-Layer Whistle Mask, the Fox 40 Electronic Whistle, and the Whistle Gator. So to check out these products and more, visit fox40shop.com. Enter the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off of your order. While I was at the MVP 7-on-7 showcase, I got to see an electronic whistle in action. And let me tell you, it was loud, it was convenient, and it was pretty damn cool. So, I mean, like, we've been talking about them for long enough. It was pretty um, pretty cool to see it in action.
1: And, yeah, Connor got a chance to go ahead and see some of the next great high school talent coming out of the province of Ontario. Uh, what stood out to you? Who were some of the guys that you really thought shined?
0: There was... Um, there was a there was a number of players there that were some some damn good ball players. A couple of really good quarterbacks throwing with some pace. Um, not something that you normally see at the high school age. It usually takes a few years to get in the gym and develop the arm strength and work with u sports level coaches. Uh, but there's some there was a good quarterback there. There was a running back that uh, you know it looked like his been training legs since he was 10 years old, so.
1: A.J. Dillon, Quadzilla?
0: Oh, man, they were big, some big quads there at that camp. And then there was some receivers and DBs just making plays all over the field. I mean, I'm going to do a little bit of a write-up on it. We'll have an interview with Phil Edworthy, who put the camp together. But just a, just a quick takeaway, it was just awesome to see football back on the field And it was really nice to see these high school level kids be able to get on the field and run around and play some football because whatever level it's been, we've missed it so bad for so long. So, yeah, we've got the CFL back. Yes, we had the NFL and the NCAA, but these high school kids have really been missing their ball, and it was nice to see it back on the field.
1: And you got to see a couple – Friends of the show as well in Coach Michael Falds. Yep. So a- that was uh, that's a, always a good person to meet and bump into at events. Uh, let's move on though to our news and notes. Bo Levi Mitchell dealing with a lower body injury since Week One when they played Toronto. Farhan Lalji reports that Michael O'Connor might be set to start in Week Three for the Stamps. So when we lose Nathan Rourke. Get ready, because another Canadian QB is just around the corner.
0: Michael O'Connor. I think Bo Levi Mitchell is resting with a little bit of a bruised ego as well. Goodness. But yeah, no, super excited to see Michael O'Connor take the field. The second time in three weeks that we are going to see a Canadian QB hit the field. We have seen Michael O'Connor in CFL action, though. The former UBC t bird. Got some action with the Toronto Argonauts the previous season. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. He can sling the rock. He knows what he's doing. Obviously, he knows what he's doing if he's staying in the CFL. And Calgary kept him as their number two. I am very excited to see Michael O'Connor get some Team 1 reps and some live game action here. They're going to be taking on the Montreal Alouettes, though. That's not going to be an easy task.
1: No, they look tough, especially coming off that week one bye. Looked like no rust. Uh, That big play offense with Vernon Adams was in full effect. Uh, Other news, though, BC Lions releasing Japanese kicker Takeru Yamasaki. Unfortunately, the global player struggled in his first outing, uh, missed a couple field goals each game. And BC Lions just can't afford to have those points left on the board, especially when you're fighting in a close game against Saskatchewan or... A low-scoring, six-point win over the Stamps. You just can't leave points out there.
0: No, you can't. And that's part of the reason that he was cut. We talk about it all the time. The third phase of football is special teams, and it is one of the most important. It's make or break for a lot of these games. And you know when you're missing 60% of your field goals, that's not good. Those are points left on the field. And, you know, maybe if he makes one or two against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, the BC Lions are 2-0 and to start the season. So, I mean, it's really cool to see CFL 2.0 and the Global Initiative taking off and to get Japanese players in the league. Like, we have Les Maruo out in Winnipeg, who's absolutely mixing it up right now. It was really cool to see Yamasaki come in and hit the first points for a Japanese-born player in the CFL. But you know he's got to be consistent and that this goes for every kickers N- mm-hmm. this goes for every kicker not just the global kickers but i mean it's well, i mean th- hell if you gotta, gotta hit Ward started
1: getting the yips and missed like four straight field goals i mean yeah he wouldn't get cut the first game but if he doubled it up with a couple more misses like that leash would start to shorten and i mean you see it all the time in the nfl right like look at roberto aguayo who had a great year and then the next year just kept missing and missing and missing, and the team finally said, "Like, look, dude, we can't, we can't do this anymore." So uh, it, it certainly sucks for Yamasaki, but he's a younger guy. He'll hopefully find his way back into the league. Maybe he'll uh, have better luck next time he gets here. But uh, kudos to him for being that first-born Japanese player, like you said. Unfortunately, just didn't last.
0: And I'm sure we will see him again sometime down the road. He had I mean- the leg. X-League is good football, too.
1: And he had the leg. I mean, he he was hammering them far. It's just the accuracy wasn't quite there on them. Uh, Next, though, CFL Week 2 has passed, and that means they can start lifting the CFL COVID restrictions for some fully vaccinated players. There will be no mass outdoors, some outdoor and indoor activities like dining, visiting with fully vaccinated teammates, friends, or family. That could be now available to you. For teams with 85% and up in vaccinations, you're required no mask outdoors, period. So once you get to the practice field, no warm-ups, no masks, just keep it going. Uh, Vaxxed and unvaccinated players can eat together in private banquet rooms when they're on the road as well. So uh, there's some benefits to having your team reach that threshold. Unfortunately, not a single team out of the nine have reached that 85% threshold. So... Hopefully, we see them kind of do what the NFL is doing, where it's more advantageous, and it starts to go through the players, and they can start getting their shots, and uh, we can get those numbers up like the NFLs have been.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at this point, with the you know with the lifted restrictions going in for those teams that hit the eighty five percent threshold, it's advantageous, it's beneficial, but really, it's competitively advantageous at this point as well. Because you can get outdoors, not wear the masks, whatever, but it's the meetings that are going to be crucial. And, you know, whether they're official meetings or not, when players are around each other, sitting together, talking together, they're game planning. They're going over things. They're watching tape. They're talking about what they're going to be seeing coming up and who to watch and where they're going to be playing and what the switches are going to be like. These dudes just love football and they love talking football. And whatever facet it may be, when they're sitting together, they're likely going to be talking some football.
1: Yeah, and with the 85%, hopefully we can get teams to this. Because as we look at the states and we look at the fourth wave that's starting to come alive down there, the vaccinations are the key to preventing this and to keeping us open, keeping us available to go to games, and keeping the damn league operational. So...
0: I think we will see teams start to hit this 85% mark because it's, it's incentivized now.
1: It is. It's incentivized. And it's also something that I want to see is the stadium by stadium, people are going to start going vaccines only. I mean, we saw Saskatchewan, they have been keeping it with, uh, with no proof required. Winnipeg has been vaccination mandatory, and they've still been pretty comparable for attendance numbers. I believe we are going to see Montreal do the same, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I would like to see more teams go and get this push on for the vaccinations mandatory for in the stadium. It's just going to be a way to keep your staffing, your event staff, your concession staff, and your fans safest. So uh, hopefully we can get that together.
0: And yeah, I'm sure I'm sure we will start to see that. Power rankings, though, we over at CFP put out our first set of power rankings it is voted on by six of us marsh dt wade myself austin and kyle Mello. first official list comes out winnipeg leading the charge that was unanimous saskatchewan was pretty close to unanimous coming in at second montreal at third toronto four bc five i had bc above toronto i know a couple other guys did too but toronto ekes in there Hamilton taking a bit of a slide, they're in at 6, Calgary comes in at 7, Ottawa at 8, Edmonton, sad trombone slide all the way to the basement. However, DT's been getting killed, been getting absolutely killed for putting Ottawa last and not Edmonton, so I'm sure you guys will hear him defend his take on the breakdown tomorrow.
1: But we're going to do it here as well because, let's be real, there's there's a good argument that he has and I'm sure he's going to make that, yeah, Edmonton hasn't played great, but they've shown the fact that they can move the ball up and down the field willingly. They've thrown the ball for more than 71 yards. Whereas Ottawa, if it wasn't for Abdul-Kenna and his pick six, uh, where are you? Because Edmonton
0: would be 1-1 one one if not for the Abdul-Kenna play.
1: And I know it's if not, if, ands, and buts, we all all that saying, but um, you had like 120 yards total of offense. I mean, let's not kid ourselves here. Yes, they won the game, but it was because one guy had a freak game where he got pick sixes and reminded people, yeah, he's that dude out in the half. But for Edmonton, like you've been in both games. I know they, they kind of got shelled by Montreal late, but they still moved the ball well. James Walter Jr. still had a good day. Uh, I think it's just the turnovers have been plaguing them. It's got to stop. Some coaching issues have been going on as well. But uh, for Ottawa being last, I totally see the argument. I was close. If Ottawa had played this week, I would have gotten a definitive answer. If they had lost and were 1-1, one one, I would have put them below Edmonton.
0: And we will see what type of team... Ottawa is going to be coming up in week three. They're going to be taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. That is not going to be an easy game. But let's go through, and this is a good place to start because we just had some general thoughts there on Ottawa. Let's go through some general thoughts and reactions from week two. What did we like? What didn't we like? Obviously, we didn't like Bo Levi Mitchell throwing four bad interceptions. Bad interceptions.
1: I really liked... The fact that Nick Arbuckle got in the game though, yeah, I really like Nick Arbuckle playing. Uh, I know they went to the switch to McLeod when the game was out, of, or from McLeod when the game was out of reach. But to me, Nick Arbuckle's the guy. You can see it. You can see how comfortable he looks. They push the ball more. They're more aggressive. Uh, John White ran the ball really well for the Argos as well. I, th- I thought they played a good game. It's just when you're matched against Winnipeg, as the rest of the league is going to find out too. Like, it's not a fun day.
0: No, Winnipeg is a damn good football team. I mean, Jeff
1: Coat and Jefferson were both questionable coming into the game, whether they were even going to play. <laughs> uh, I think McLeod Bethel Thompson found out that they were on the field pretty quickly.
0: Yes, he did. But I, I do like Arbuckle coming in, and I'm not gonna like I'm not gonna Charles Barkley guarantee this or anything. But I got, a, I got a pretty good indication uh, of what is to come from Nick Arbuckle, and I think. Uh, If he is healthy enough, if he's ready to go, we might see him in week three. Because you're right, when he was in the game, they were more aggressive, they were a little faster, they were pushing the ball downfield a little bit better. I like Arbuckle as the starter for Toronto. Nothing against McLeod, Bethel, Thompson, but...
1: And as we look at the Argos, think about this from a marketing standpoint. You are now at your home opener. You can finally get fans back in the stands. Do you want to roll out the same QB they saw in 2019? Or do you want to unveil the new shiny car that you guys signed in the offseason that you want to be the face of the franchise.
0: He was the TSN graphic this week for the game as well.
1: He was. I mean, everyone wants Arbuckle to be this face of the Argonauts and no better time to give him the reins, start him and go than right now. Like if that leg is looked, good, he looked good. The leg looked fine in the game when he played. So I, I feel like it's time to go full Arbuckle send it home and start the boat, not start the car, start the boat, get the paddles out, fly the sails. Cause Nick Arbuckle is here to start carrying a team that looked damn good offensively. I know Juwan Breskison went down, but I was thoroughly impressed with the late push Nick Arbuckle had. I know we had the pick and I think you had a fumble as well, but like the pick, they're trying to force it in desperation. Like I I'd never take that against the quarterback. Same as we did with Rourke in week one. Like, you're trying to force a ball at the end to try and give your chance selves a single chance
0: so what you're telling me is the Toronto Argonauts need to buckle down
1: our buckle down <laughs> we will go there with the corny puns guys don't worry we got what 12 more weeks of this and then playoffs so uh
0: oh there's <laughs> way more to come are you kidding me anywhere we can sneak one of those in we are going to wait another for the team. built Ford
1: toughs as well once we get to oh, years built Ford
0: tough. <laughs> <ones. laughs> waterloo football um they who's need your, a they need your a Ford team? sponsor <laughs> i i really liked i i did i really liked bc in week two they looked really good uh, i thought michael riley despite the you know early or i guess despite the game time decision switch um i thought i thought bc had a good day i really liked montreal and saskatchewan we can stop Worrying about how the injuries are going to impact the Saskatchewan Roughriders because they came out and put on a damn display against your Hamilton Tiger Cats.
1: They looked good. Uh, Hamilton's O-line is just such a mess right now. I I don't know what is going on. Hope, thankfully they have a bye week this early because they need it. They need to figure it out. Uh, Masoli, I know they're, Justin Dunk had an article on Three Down saying like. I don't know why I wouldn't be the starter after week three. And to be honest, I don't know either. I mean, it's not like, yes, he had a lot of interceptions and turnovers, but he's getting pressured. He's throwing with guys in his face. He's getting hammered all over the field. Like, he can barely breathe, and they're trying to get these long downfield concepts going. And it's tough when you don't have an offensive line protecting you at all, really. I mean, I- the, the inside seems solid, but then all of a sudden you get <laughs> you're, you get these great pressures coming from saskatchewan and kudos to their defensive coordinator they were flying around all game long
0: and not to like i mean not not to make excuses for hamilton or anything but they saw two of the toughest teams in the league back to back in week one and two now they've got a bye week and i fully trust coach o to make the adjustments i think this bye week is going to do wonders for hamilton i think although Simone
1: simone lawrence where have you been
0: yes like, he was good. He was good in game 1.
1: Good. He's not he's But he not, wasn't Simone Lawrence in game 1. He's not defensive player of the year category level Simone Lawrence that everyone has come to expect. No. And that that's something that's going to play a big factor. Like if he's not there helping presser and off the edge and he's not making a play on the outside like how how does a Hamilton defense change? How do they look without him? Because that's been a staple and that's what they have come to known for the last year and a well, bit where they were the top defense in the league
0: and to that point too like Ja'Garrett Davis bit bad on a read option that Cody Fajardo beat him to the sideline on for the touchdown like that is not a play that many veteran guys make obviously the read option is a it tough it's a tough been, read but it
1: could have been the scheme that caught him to dive inside and the guy that was filling behind him got caught in the wash too like I, I haven't looked at the all 24 from it but uh, you, you never know what happened. What happens on those plays, but uh, it was a
0: nice design by Saskatchewan, anyways. In, all in... I know
1: is that this week, Connor's covers rebounded. Oh, big time
0: comeback! Connor's comeback.
1: Five and three on the week. Two and two on props. Three and one on games. Thankfully, because BC's line got pushed, Connor said they were going to steal it at the eight points. They got more than just the eight. Uh, so kudos to Connor. He rebounded from two and five to go five and three, so brings us up to seven and eight on on the year so far. But that's Goodness. okay. You are getting closer. You are much closer now than you were before. And that's where we luck to trend.
0: So I'm definitely not at sixty percent. Damn no, it.
1: Definitely not. But you're getting there. You're getting Shoot. there. Shoot. Almost at fifty. Either way,
0: either way. I went three and one this week. Let's focus on the positive here. There we go. Probably gonna go up to week next percent.
1: Seventy five percent.
0: Goodness.
1: But that's okay. We will definitely keep you guys up to date with our gambling stuff on Thursday. And if the line changes as drastically as it did with Calgary and BC, we'll obviously put that in our graphic for you guys to see on our social media channels. I Uh, just
0: have, before we move on, I I have one question about Connor's covers, especially the props. Who the hell let me say under on Brian Burnham receiving yards? I told you. Why did you let me do that?
1: I told you it was a bad idea. (sighs) I said, are you sure? And he said, Yes. I am sure because Lucky Whitehead is going to have a game. He did, which he did. He did, but Brian Burnham went four for one twenty-one.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the Toss. volume
1: the volume was not there, but you can't stop that man from getting downfield. Oh, I mean, man. the chunk of his yardage though came on that odd roll out. Riley throwing back across the field into coverage, and Burnham just made one hell of a grab. Like, I that's that's the chunk that kills you in your over under on Burnham. I mean. You got to take that. Like That's just that's just Brian Burnham being Brian Burnham, and those plays are going to happen every now and again.
0: I feel like I'm going to have a love-hate with Brian Burnham this season. Like I'm going to love to watch him play, and I'm going to hate betting on him because every time I bet on him, it's going to be the inverse of what I want. Um, but this is a good place to start for our biggest takeaways from week two. I'll let you go for a run here because we're talking about BC, and your biggest takeaway for week two – was BC?
1: They're going to be an issue for teams. I mean, we we kind of shelled them to the side and didn't really want to talk about them preseason. But Michael Riley, three hundred and forty-two yards compared to last week's two hundred. This three forty-two was different. Like it had zip, paced balls, timed balls, layered balls over the middle. He was hitting all kinds of throws that we couldn't see him throw the week before because his arm just could not physically do it. Didn't have a passing touchdown, but he did add a rushing touchdown as well. I I, I really liked what I saw from Riley. I know I wanted O'Connor, or I know I wanted Rourke so badly in this game, and I was kind of bitter watching Michael Riley. I'm not gonna lie to you guys. I was I was bitter because it was all week we had seen this injury report and the interviews and the media veils that said like. Yeah, it's Nathan Rourke this week, guys. Like we're gonna we're gonna go with Rourke. Rick then, Campbell came out and said Nathan Rourke has been taking team one reps. He's going to be our starter, and Riley would be a game time decision to dress. Not to start and throw for 340 yards. So I don't when then Bo Levi Mitchell, four picks. Bad. Four. Bad. This is the guy who at home is usually like Superman. And apparently there is Kryptonite in the form of orange and black helmets coming in the CFL because four interceptions, that defense looked tough. They did not fold on the run easily. They were stout flying all over the place for the deep balls. I mean, the one pick where the safety came, I think it was like a cover two down in the end zone and the safety just ranged across, or maybe it was like a cover three hole, uh cut. And like all of a sudden the, the half, half of the safety, I forget who it was, but they just flew across and, made a beautiful pick on uh back the end or in the back of the end zone. Like this defense looked good and it looked like it can carry them if the offense struggles to put up points like they did this week. Like yes, they had the 342 yards, but they they only had 15 points. I feel like this defense is answering the questions that anyone had about them at the start of the year.
0: What I really liked what I really liked from the from the defense specifically was the amount of disruption they were able to create with their pass rush, forcing Bo Levi Mitchell into some of those bad interceptions. Like, there was one where the pocket was just kind of closing down. Bo Levi steps up, takes a look downfield, and goes, yeah, there's, there's there's one of my guys down there, and there's three BC DBs. I'll take my chances. And throws the interception, but... BC's ability to kind of create that havoc in the backfield and force quarterbacks into bad situations is going to be a problem this season.
1: Yeah, it is. And we will get to your team now. Your biggest takeaway from Week 2, it might have to do with that team from Quebec.
0: Yeah, is anybody is anybody going to be surprised on this one? Probably not. I loved Montreal this week. Absolutely loved Montreal. Montreal this week, good lord, they looked good. But, I mean, and this is a team that was plus 900 in the betting odds coming out. People didn't have high expectations. Except for you. Except for this guy. Um, I I did. I know it's only one game, and we haven't, you know, we haven't gotten to really see. And they played Edmonton, so we haven't gotten to see them play, you know, like a Winnipeg or a Saskatchewan. But Edmonton's back end is very good. And VA, against a good defensive unit, was able to throw for 211 yards, two touchdowns. Not to mention, I think he had 29 on the ground, so he's making plays with his legs. But they were also able to run the rock against a very good defensive front. Willie Standback goes for 112 yards on 18 carries. Love to see that. And then B.J. Cunningham, what a – day for that guy
1: people forget about bj because he didn't play that many games in 2019 but he had a resurgence jake winicky he came back i know i had him in fantasy he was the red zone target from last year and he that made that dive catch. diving catcher he caught oh. the tail of the ball going through yeah. and then had the presence of mind to stand up and get off the ground quickly before he could get tagged little back juke action and you know he's sailing into the end zone into
0: the end zone great play from from jake there on that one too
1: yeah i i really like the receiving core from uh montreal didn't have too many quan bray sightings but i'm sure that will come as he works back in i know he was late getting to camp so not too worried with that but their arsenal on offense looks fantastic and then your boy on defense
0: ty crane ty cranson man what a day i mean Dropped that interception early in the game. Uh, tie, 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 tie. Got to make that grab. I can't talk. Uh, I mean, you, you were, you taught me so much, but I can, I can rib a little bit. But can uh, poke. Can I can, you poke. can poke a little bit. Make that grab. Ten push-ups and a dollar into the jar. Coach JV somewhere was screaming it? at the TV. I don't know. It there been was close. a. It's a long way to run, but he had a lot of space in front of him. Nobody was within 3-4 yards of him so he, he could have been gone for a long way but he made up for it by having a very solid defensive day on the back end he was the captain in the coverage and 6 solo tackles led the team in tackles to start the week too so love to see Ty Cranston getting in there starting safety got some action in 2019 in Montreal, enough for Montreal to go yeah okay we're comfortable with him he's sound he knows his coverages he tackles well we like him as our starting safety. So awesome to see a former teammate starting in the CFL now. And again, we talk about it a lot. Special teams, man. The Montreal Special Teams Unit, A, is an RSEQ all-star team. Yeah, I saw someone tweet that. Oh, it was so fitting. So good.
1: David Cote looked good, too, kicking the yeah. ball. Yeah. Rouge your guy. Yep.
0: <laughs> and he's a monster, too. Like, so he had big. just a ridiculous combine for a kicker. But big. The punt return unit, man. Yeah, Nate Taylor, my former special teams coach. Nate Taylor was out somewhere shedding tears of joy on that punt return. Just an absolute perfect scheme. Mario Alfred sprung for a touchdown. Montreal, man. I, I know it's one week. I know I can't. Too, I know I can't get too too ahead of myself. But I really did like what I saw from the Owls this week. Strong showing. I don't think it's gonna go anywhere. I think this is the Alouettes team that we're gonna see through the season.
1: Please tell all the people who cash nine hundred odds on the Owls to start smiling because if you think this is how they're gonna look, honestly, out of the first two weeks, they're the class of the East. Yes, and I know I know they've played one game and they played the Elks. Who, sorry, Connor, but the antlers on helmets are uh, kind of frowning right now. we're not doing horns down for the antlers on helmets. Don't start that with me. <laughs> don't. I like the logo too much and the team too much to be able to do that.
0: I'm surprised nobody's done that yet, though.
1: I saw someone did it, and I, I wanted to. I wanted to scream. Uh, but we will. We will definitely see this Montreal team. They so they play Calgary this week, so we don't know where this is going to head. Whether Calgary's that team that's looking to rebound or not, or <laughs> whether VA is going to keep pounding their way at the. Uh, the scoreboard, but
0: before I move on, though, like just on it on the note of how how they've looked when you think about the first two weeks of what CFL football has looked like, it has been a little bit discombobulated, and Montreal has not did not look like that in their first week. I know they had the week off, they had the bye week first week, maybe that contributed, but their offense looked put together. It looked like they were clicking. It looked like they were rolling. So yes, it's one week but no, I don't really think this Montreal team's going anywhere. So let's wrap up here now with our players of the week. We're going to start it off first with our all Canadian, Canadian player of the week.
1: By way of Regina to Regina, staying in Regina, Mitchell Pickton.
0: Now catching touchdowns in Regina as well has to be Mitchell Pickton, right? Had to be.
1: The first career touchdown for the young receiver coming in front of the hometown crowd. Absolutely loved to see it. The crowd went nuts. Unfortunately, he kind of did the same as Braden Linnaeus, I believe, and tossed his ball into the 10th row, 15th, 20th row of the stands. So,
0: Let's hope we can get that back. Braden Linnaeus said that the family who caught the ball is going to return it to him, and Linnaeus is going to send out a package to that family. So
1: He got his. Braden Linnaeus got his. Yeah. Big, big uh, shout-out for good guy of the week to him as well. Yeah, so
0: hopefully Mitchell Pickton can get that ball back. But, uh, you know, th- he's one of these guys that head coach Craig Dickinson has said has been putting in the work. He's been staying after practice. He's a weight room freak. All extended off season, he was working to get better, finding ways to get better, and he's rewarded. He gets in the game, schemes up a touchdown, catches the touchdown – unfortunately launches the ball into the 20th row of mosaic stadium i'm sure he will get that back but mitchell Pickton, all canadian player of the week props to him for catching his first career cfl touchdown grab
1: yep. in his hometown absolutely and the player of the week sticking with the same team maybe it's the guy that threw him that touchdown no surprise is. cody fajardo 222 yards two touchdowns plus 66 on the ground and a touchdown so he carried the rock, he slinged the rock all over the place. Uh, just what a great showing. 17 to 25, good percentage-wise. What is it that he couldn't do?
0: Nothing. There's nothing he couldn't do. I can safely say that the Cody Fajardo for MOP campaign has officially started. He's making a damn strong case to be elected. Most outstanding player.
1: And, I mean, this came after a lot of questions in training camp about their offensive line and whether it was going to be good. No questions remain.
0: No. None. None. No questions remain. But that wraps us up here on the Tuesday show. We're going to be back on Thursday talking about fantasy betting the week to come. You know what's up. We are excited to get to CFL Week 3. Martian Mello broke down every game From the weekend on the Monday show, DT is going to be defending himself on Wednesday. So head to court session will be in for that. You got us again on Thursday. And then you got the A block coming up on Friday before everything kicks off. So look out for those episodes and we'll be back.
1: Absolutely, we will. You guys know where to find us on social media as well. At Connor R. O'Neill, at Wade Zank, at CF Perspective. And as always, if you want to head over and get back in the game, do it with Fox 40. Visit fox40shop.com to shop coaching boards, gear, and more. Use the code CFP15 at checkout for 15% off your order. As the CFL is back,
0: you need to make sure that your fridge is fully stocked for game day. Sawdust City Brewing Company is the way to do it. They offer brewery fresh beer delivered directly to your door so you don't even have to go anywhere. Visit their website at sawdustcitybeard.com, shop their wide variety of brews, and learn more. This August, CFP listeners are getting an exclusive promo code, CFL, because the season is back. So use CFL at checkout to receive free shipping on all orders over $100. Shipping is available to Ontario residents only must be of legal drinking age again that closes the show out here for tuesday and we'll catch you guys on thursday